0: Is a boardwalk audio podcast.
1: Hello! Oh my gosh! Hello over there! It's me, Hannah Cannon your host. And this is the podcast where I sit down with a comedic guest and I tell them all about the people, places, and current events affecting the world in a positive way. This week, my guest is P.J. McCormick. P.J. is an improviser and an actor here in Los Angeles, and oh my gosh, a former pro wrestler! How cool is that? You might have recently seen him on the UCB Mess hall team, Bomb Pop. He is one of my favorite performers here in L.A., and I have never had a dull conversation with him. These are facts. Uh, This week, PJ and I talk about all sorts of good stuff. We also talk about some of the hard stuff and how that leads to discovering... Good things like empathy and being grateful and living in the moment. And it's really good conversations, you guys. I'm very excited for you to be able to listen to it. Um, hey, if you shop on Amazon, wow, what a terrible segue. If you shop on Amazon, you can use my link by going to boardwalkaudio.com forward slash hello and good news and clicking on the support our artist button. Um, that's how you do that. Also, hey if you like the podcast, rate and review on iTunes. It really helps me out. And hey, if you like JLo, then this is the episode for you. What a perfect segue back. Now we're going to talk about some good news. Good news. Good news. Good news. Good news. Good news. some freaking real good news. Yes. Let's highlight some people who are doing cool stuff. Um, I here I started. <laughs> I've been trying to do this thing lately where I like we'll do a fade in, but what's been happening every time I'm recording, I just end up saying I, st- I started. I started recording. Yeah,
0: well, I can see the red light, so. <laughs> That's why I'm talking into the microphone now. (laughs) Worried about like breathing too heavy. You're good. Okay.
1: It won't, unless you're like really aggressive about it.
0: I'm I'm an aggressive breather.
1: (laughs) You'll be okay. Okay. Uh, Yeah, don't, don't be scared. Uh, We're here on my big red couch. It's a Friday afternoon. Uh, We both have the day off today. So it's the freaking afternoon and we're doing what we want. Um, and we're going to talk about some good news stories. Great. Let's see. Now I'm, always, every time I start, then I'm like, did I actually bring up everything I wanted to talk about on my computer? I think I did. Uh, it's okay. well, I'm
0: sure we'll talk about it for a minute and then it'll,
1: and then it'll spiral. Know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Into something that it makes no sense, yeah. which is my favorite.
0: I think we've already talked about like 10 different things since we I have, sat down.
1: You listeners. Man, oh man, there was some good combo that you did, that you didn't even get to hear.
0: Old school Jennifer Lopez. Yes. The prison system in Texas. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I just watched the cell for the very first time. AMA on my Twitter. I don't know. No one ever tweets at me. <laughs> <laughs> I have a very low following on my Twitter, but uh, just watched the cell and. I love old school Jennifer
0: Lopez. Yeah, give old school JLo a chance, guys.
1: Yeah, yeah. She's so great. It made me want to watch Enough again. Have you seen that? No. That's another great... Well, that's one of those movies that I watched over and over again because, it, because the premise of it bothered me so much. She has an abusive husband who comes and tries to kill her, mm-hmm. and then she ends up kicking his ass, which is awesome. Okay, good. But... I was telling PJ, I think I've talked about this before. Anytime I see a movie that like shakes me, I'll just watch it a ton of times until I feel okay, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Until I'm like, no, I'm no longer freaked out about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but J- enough J-Lo. I feel like that was the, the towards the end of uh, movie J-Lo that I loved.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I still have no issues. Like I still will listen to a J-Lo song.
0: Yeah, Uh, yeah. I'd love to
1: see her in concert. She's still rocking it. She's like in her 40s now, right?
0: Oh, I thought she was older than that.
1: Let's Google. Let's Google.
0: I mean, I I loved her in Selena.
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah, great.
0: Um, my sisters would watch that all the time when I was growing up. So like, I have the like the bitty bitty bomba song stuck in my head every once in a while. Every full moon that'll come into my head, and that other one. Later that went on yeah. the world. Mm-hmm. Beautiful song. And I know it? it's not Jennifer Lopez that sang those, <laughs> but whenever I think of Selena, I think yeah. of Jennifer Lopez because that was my first foray into the Selena world.
1: Yeah, and I feel like that was JLo's first kind of big part. Mm-hmm. So perfect for it too, because she was also kind of living that life. She was like popping off all of her songs and everything and she was this beautiful Latina who was killing it. And so it was like great.
0: (laughs) I never thought that like my my first time like being a guest on a podcast, I would like start off right out of the gate talking (laughs) about Jennifer Lopez, who I know nothing (laughs) about.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the good news where we open all the doors. Okay, let's see. Uh, She was born in 1969. (laughs) Now I'm going to (laughs) learn. We're going to fill in the blanks here. Uh, She was born in 1969. So what? She is almost 50.
0: I feel like a lot of things happened in 1969. But also maybe like when I hear 1969, I feel like I, it's, I don't know, like I, I don't know. There's something. Maybe it's the '69 part, but like it always yeah. strikes a chord with me. Like the Beatles ended in nineteen sixty. J Lo was created in she 1969. She was freaking
1: born. It's like when you like. What's the age everyone dies at? 27.
0: No, the Beatles ended in '70. I think. No wait, Did they? I don't know.
1: I don't know anything about the Beatles. <laughs> the Beatles and J Lo. That's what this whole episode is going to be about. We're going to feel the spirit feelin- of the
0: Beatles like. <laughs> Like, transfer it in into Jennifer Lopez.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're going to find all about. Oh, actually, 69 and the 60s makes me think of this that I wanted to go see today, but my, uh, my day didn't end up working out this way. But, okay, this is happening right now, I think for a little while, at the California African American Museum. So uh, this is... Uh, huge segue but the 60s made me think of it Um, it's I'll just read the thing about it Uh, when we think of second wave feminism we often think of middle class white ladies burning their bras uh, and the conscious raising sessions and marches for abortion rights the California African American Museum opens a show today today is October it's Friday the 13th yes wow I almost just went off on a whole different tangent but I'm gonna stop myself (laughs) (laughs) Stop myself right there. The California African-American Museum opens a show today, Friday the 13th, highlighting the lesser seen figures of the movement, the African-American women artists who lived and worked in the intersections of avant garde art worlds, radical political movements and profound social change. Like C.A.A.M.'s excellent recent exhibitions about 1992 L.A. uprisings. This exhibit is called We Wanted a Revolution, Black Radical Women from 1965 to 1985. Oh, wow. So the year 1969 is included. <laughs> yeah. That's literally the only <laughs> tie I have to that last. Uh, but I really wanted to go see it today.
0: Yeah, that sounds fantastic. I'd like to see that, too.
1: Yeah, it's free, you guys. Um, and... It's running from now until January 14th. Oh, good. So we've got a while. Okay. And uh, it's pretty close to the Museum of Natural History. All right, let's see. Well, I guess let's talk about this first thing. Um, I got, uh, this dude in New Jersey, this grandfather he found a lottery ticket in an old shirt. Like he found an old shirt hanging in his closet and he was like, oh, I should clean out the pockets. And he forgot that he, a year ago, (laughs) bought a ticket to the New York lottery and the winning, and he like pulled it out of his pocket and was like, oh, I guess I should check these numbers. And it was the winning ticket for $24 million.
0: So can he claim that?
1: Yeah, he can claim it because you have, he got it by, it was like three days later, he would not have been able to. No
0: way. Way. There's like a statute of limitations.
1: Yeah. So the they, it's like a, a little over a year, I think you have. That's uh, so interesting. To, to claim it.
0: I think. See, this is me putting a negative spin on everything. I think the lottery system is awful. Oh,
1: it's so bad. You're setting
0: people up for failure. Yes. I agree. Give, you give someone a ton of money mm-hmm. and then they're gonna be hit up by friends and family. All of a sudden, like everyone's problem is your problem. Yeah. So you're gonna be giving it out because like you've never had this much yes. wealth and also like you've never really had to earn it. You know? Yeah. So like you don't have an attachment to like hard work and dedication with that yes. money. What Richard Branson, you know, like, the the guy that, like, runs Virgin and all that? Oh, yeah, yeah. He proposed in England, like, to do away with the lottery system. And Mm -hmm. instead, if you win the lottery, the government just pays off all of your debts.
1: Oh, that I like.
0: That makes so much more sense. I would be
1: psyched with that.
0: So that way, like... It, you win the lottery, you hit the jackpot of like a fresh start in life. And yeah. I think that's all we really want. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like you have the ability to put hard work in and dedicate yourself to something and then earn money to where like you're a little bit more, you know, understanding of like, you know, like, uh, what this money is actually worth. Yeah. How much work this is worth. Yeah. And I, I just, I hope he spent it well.
1: I do too. Uh, I know I had mixed feelings because I also feel like the lottery is awful. Yeah. But then the fact that he's like a grandfather makes me be like, he'll probably do something good with it. Uh, yeah, I think
0: when you get to that age, like, splurge (laughs) yeah
1: yeah he'll probably do something oh and he's smart he chose to receive his payments over the course of 26 years yeah that's that's what i would do i would Mm -hmm. be so it's his retirement i bet and he has a he's a father of two and a grandfather of 12 and is probably going to spread it out throughout his family how crazy though i also love that he's the winner because he forgot he like he's obviously the type of person who like bought a ticket and then forgot he ever did yeah um that must be just
0: like a routine thing buying a ticket you get a little extra cash
1: yeah lottery tickets are expensive though they're like five dollars five to ten i'll buy the scratchers sometimes like if i go to the corner store and i buy something and have an extra dollar Mm -hmm. i'll do like the dollar scratchers uh but that's like Pretty much as far as I go. But the power, the big ones, they're like f- five to ten bucks, I feel like.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I think it's that's crazy. another hot take. I think it's preying on people's like addiction.
1: It is. It 100% <laughs> is. Uh, like addicting.
0: Like the, the, the allure of like, oh, this could be it. You yeah. Know? Like it's just gambling. Yeah. You're, you're gambling with that money
1: uh how great would it be if i love the idea of a fresh start thing where like your debt is cleared
0: oh my god yeah
1: that would be amazing what if it was like your debt is cleared tickets uh non-violent offenses all mm. gone off your record <laughs> i would love that that would be amazing right <laughs> yeah and then um, it would be like a real fresh start and you wouldn't have to deal with like the shitty system dragging you down
0: i so like i kind of feel like you know how, like, the guy is going to spread the winnings over 20 years? Yeah. So he's getting, like, a, a like an income, like, over yeah. a period of time. Like, I think that's another thing that's going to eventually happen, too. Like, a basic living income. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's probably common knowledge. But, like, all the jobs that we have right now are going to go to, like, vending robots. machines yeah. and robots, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, there's no need for cashiers anymore. Yeah. Like, I went to a McDonald's in Texas a few months ago. And like the only person working there from what I saw was someone showing you how to use the, um, like the, the touch screen to make yeah. your order. You yeah. Know? It was like, like the, the person at like Ralph's that shows you how to like check yourself out. Do the self
1: checkout. Yeah. yeah.
0: So like everyone should eventually is, should have like a basic income. Cause we're going to compete with yeah like a network of, Artificial intelligence. Yes, like I'm not that good.
1: (laughs) I. No one is. Uh. I. Yes. I read a really great. I was talking about this with Charlie last week, and I ended up having to edit some of it out because we went on for, like, a half an hour about money (laughs) and how terrible it is. (laughs) But uh, yeah, we were talking about that. I read a really great article about that idea, and that that's probably what it's going to come to, or hopefully what it should, because as it is right now, we're all competing for who will do work for the lowest wage. And we're like yeah. shooting ourselves in the foot and we're creating this like vortex of nobody ever having enough money and it only going to like, if we just, I mean, I guess it's socialism, but if we just all had a base amount of money, yeah, equal salary, yeah, that would be great. Yeah. And then I don't know, I guess the people who make the robots could be like, I guess paid a little more. But yeah, I think <laughs> I think that there should be a basic living wage for everybody, and then I guess I don't know if we wanted to keep our capitalism thing, it's like if yeah, if you wanted to make more than that, I get I don't know, but there it's should be hard. a basic yeah. 50 whatever the whatever the it is in for your area of living like you should be making that much money
0: right it, it's difficult because like on one hand I want to you know, I want to be scrappy and like get by just enough to like do something I'm passionate about, you know, it's like right now it's like improv. Yeah. But like, I also want to be able to capitalize on working hard and dedicating my life to something where like I am rewarded for it or at least recognized, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't care about like making a lot of money. I just care about making enough money to be happy.
1: Yeah, same.
0: Um, But then again, like, if I'm making enough money to be happy, am I taking money away from someone else to be like a, at a baseline, right? You know, living situation. I, it's rough.
1: It's hard to. It's hard I to have about. no idea how it'll ever be solved. And I'll
0: never solve it. No,
1: <laughs> I will not solve it either. All I have to say about it every week is that I hate money and I think it's terrible. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, I. Yeah, I'm I so think into
1: capitalism's it. the worst. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have no idea how it, like what other system would work yeah um i'm like the lady yelling at the pta conference fix it yeah. <laughs> like yeah. i don't know how <laughs> <laughs> what
0: about my children
1: yeah <laughs> magic land to me like this headline doesn't sound real and it even doesn't as I went further into it so the world's first negative emissions plant has started an operation that can turn that is turning carbon dioxide into stone
0: <laughs> carbon dioxide <laughs> so it's taking oh, it's like taking
1: CO2 emissions out of the air yeah and it turns into rocks basically yeah I mean, it's much more complicated than that. Right. But um, from what I could understand through through reading through this is people have been working on this for a while because our CO2 emissions right now are just like catapulting Mm -hmm. at a terrible level and we're going to be past um, like an okay level very soon. And so there's
0: all these... It's irreversible right now. Yeah. Right now we're just trying to maintain it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it just keeps climbing and climbing. And so there are, for like 10 years, there's been a group of scientists and entrepreneurs who have been trying to figure out how to reverse CO2 emissions, basically. Like capture it out of the air and reverse it. And people have been like it's gonna be too expensive and it's never gonna work and but they've been (laughs) a bunch of naysayers but they've been working on it and Climeworks uh is one of the companies and on on October 11th I felt real psyched about this one because this this was two days ago guys this is hot off the press (laughs) um there's a geothermal plant in Iceland that inaugurated the first system that does direct air capture and achieves negative carbon emissions. Um, it's on a small scale right now, so it's it's not huge, but it's the first system to convert the emissions into stone, which just sounds <laughs> crazy yeah. to me. It sounds like... uh what like, is
0: the benefit of, is there any benefit to carbon? I know, like, we exhale carbon, and then, like, I guess, like, uh, cows are, like, a big part of, like, oh, the emissions, like, because meth- farting a lot.
1: Yeah, right. Cows are...
0: Or maybe that's something Cows
1: else. are methane.
0: Okay, so that's I contributing guess that's, to the ozone layer. Yes. Okay. It
1: all is. So
0: what's the problem with carbon?
1: We use it for, like, every energy thing thing that we do, like cars emit CO2, right. even we do, but not, I mean not, not as on as a destructive well. level although yeah. there's so many humans now um, but anything that is like creating energy from fuel will emit CO carbon dioxide, Huh. basically
0: um, Yeah, I'm kind of an idiot with that
1: I am not the greatest at this kind of stuff either, anytime I read like a uh, a good um how like hey we're doing good for the earth and then here's the science behind it i'm always like i'm but it's good right yeah (laughs) okay good
0: good
1: (laughs) like i don't understand any of the science behind this um but yeah it's basically
0: what do we do with those stones or rocks or whatever
1: well then i got further into it and it's like I think the the way it works, there's only so much room also that we can, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, where do we put the stones? And I think what it is, is that you start, that you put it, the emissions into something. Mm-hmm. So like, maybe you put it in, like, into a stone mm-hmm. or it turns into a stone. And I do not, not fully understand it yeah. still.
0: It's confusing me because at first I'm thinking, like, is there like a like a vacuum that they're putting in the sky to get the carbon out? Or I guess it's just emissions from, like, factories. Yeah. Instead of it going up into the atmosphere, it creates stones.
1: Exactly. Or
0: rocks. I don't know. But, um, I mean, yeah, if that's the case, then more rocks
1: more rocks um <laughs> for of that yeah that's basically what they're trying to figure out is they they think it's going to be cost-effective it's going to be way cheaper to be able to just make the system work on an actual power plant pretty mm-hmm. much like have it in this at the source so it just pulls it immediately from it as opposed to trying to pull it from the air but then I guess the next, yeah, in my head, it's like a Pixar movie of like a huge, uh, cute, giant vacuum going through the sky, like mm-hmm. pulling everything out of it.
0: And then you have all these like rocks that think that they're people. And
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was also thinking today about Wally. how great that movie was. Yeah. Did was... you see it?
0: Yeah. I love that movie. It's very like. Tragic, but they present it in a fun way. But and like, it's so yeah, realistic, yeah. yeah.
1: Especially now, because when did that come out? Ten years ago? Now? Yes. Maybe a while ago. Um,
0: hi. Hey, how's it going?
1: Uh, my boyfriend Charles just walked in. Hey, Charles. Charles, this is PJ. Hey, I met you briefly. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, it, it's like such a. It's especially ten years down the road. It's like very feeling very true because i remember when it came out i was like whoa this sounds quite like this could be right on point at the time it's like walmart it they make walmart seem like the company that takes over everything (laughs) and realistically now i feel like it's like gonna be amazon yeah or just
0: the just the cardboard boxes (laughs)
1: yeah and then the little the little robot that just goes around earth like putting all the trash into little cubes
0: yeah just it just for the people at home who don't know.
1: Oh yeah, I, I
0: assume it's uh, the, the plot is like, like humans have just trashed the Earth so much that yes. they have to like leave Earth, right? Yeah,
1: they okay. leave Earth and they're all on a big ship basically and everyone's fat because we're all so lazy
0: yeah nobody gets out of gets on one of those ships isn't he
1: yeah he he ends up getting on one of the ships because yeah it's been a minute for me too like for some reason one of them comes back for something and he gets on the ship Mm -hmm. and uh but he is yeah he's left on earth like just making little trash cubes because it's that's so like his sad. robot job. And so it starts with him just like living all alone on earth, making trash cubes every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the whole earth is just a giant trash can and ever all the humans have left and they're all fat and they don't get out of hovercrafts and they all live on this big Walmart <laughs> ship. <Yeah.
0: laughs>
1: Everything is run by one company. It's so good. Yeah. It's scary. It's scary. Good. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's terrifying.
1: Um. Here's okay. Here's a graphic of the idea.
0: Oh God, we go into
1: about about the oh, so carbon it is stuff. Is
0: pulling it from the air. Yeah. Ambient air, CO two free air.
1: Yeah. So if this is a this is a power plant, you guys can't see this at all. Trying to explain it. There's a box that oh, it no, represents the the power plant, oh. and then there's um shitty air (laughs) around the box and then there's also like a tube where all the waste heat and like uh, exhaust is coming out of from the power plant and then there's a second box a little ways away that is Climeworks the the machine that deals with the air and it pulls the stuff out of the air and also out of the exhaust and it turns it into rocks and on the other side it pumps out clean air and rocks and
0: what the (laughs) fuck you're talking about (laughs) I'm looking at the graph and I don't understand what's coming out of your mouth
1: (laughs) turns it into rocks and then and then water comes (laughs) and And then it's in the ground and then the rocks are in the ground and the air is clean (laughs) you guys get it (laughs) no
0: no one got that
1: (laughs) world saving technology you guys <laughs> I just explained it perfectly <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay let's see I'm gonna move on to the next thing ooh this one is nice <laughs> they're all nice except for the lottery <laughs> one that one's mixed <laughs> But for the most part, these are all nice. Let's see
0: how I spin this one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, okay, this dude. This is also, you guys. So much of my news is actually news this week. I feel very proud. Um, this guy found a missing teenager. Um, she so this 15 year old girl was abducted from her house on August 8th in Minnesota by three dudes and was taken to a place for three months i think
0: is <laughs> <It's> not nice
1: <laughs> it's nice this is a nice nice happy story <laughs> welcome to my podcast pj where we talk about only nice things Uh, so she, (laughs) yeah, she was taken and she was there for three months and she ended up escaping and she swam across this lake and this farmer, this Minnesota farmer, uh, like saw her and she came running towards him and he like found her and then realized that she was this missing girl and brought her into the police and there was a reward out for her, like for her whereabouts a $7,000 reward. And he immediately, he gave it directly to her.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Which I think is cool. And obviously the right thing. I would never take $7,000 based on somebody's abduction. Oh, no. But That's also awful. just great that yeah. he, he was like, no way, Jose. This You get this $7,000. Well,
0: I'm glad that she managed to escape. My question is, why did she have to swim across a lake?
1: <laughs> a lake. <laughs> it's like a scary movie house. It, in my head, it's like... She's on an island, <laughs> or <laughs> something like in a scary woods across mm-hmm. a lake. I have no idea.
0: Mm. And so, oh, it's—I
1: uh, mean, also, I don't know. It's Minnesota. It's the land of the lakes over okay. there. Twin Cities, all that.
0: Um, God, that's that's awful. I couldn't imagine being kidnapped by three strange men, having to live with them for three months.
1: Yeah, and you're fifteen. Crazy.
0: Mm-hmm. Didn't, um, what's that one girl, Elizabeth Smart, Elizabeth Smart. Yeah. How long was she?
1: Like years, I feel like. Let's Google. Google, help us out.
0: Awful (laughs) story, and I am spinning this into such negativity.
1: Oh, no, you're not. I'm the one who started talking about uh, a 15-year-old who got abducted Yeah. and said, this is a nice story. (laughs) Um this this little tidbit this isn't really news but just something I think is cool. Um it is called Aging Joyful. This is a there's this I bring this uh website up all the time it's called Positive News. It's a UK based um journalism site that's all about positive news. Oh perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> Perfect for this. <laughs> but they did this article called Aging Joyfully, which is just about older people defying senior stereotypes. Um, and they just do all these little highlights on these uh, seniors who are still like living life to their fullest and kind of breaking down barriers. Oh, cool. The first one is Britain's oldest ballet dancer.
0: Oh, man, that's great.
1: Isn't that cool?
0: It's a picture of a, a very cool-looking elderly man. Doing the what is that?
1: Like a, a pl- not a plié. Uh, he's got his foot up, like he's gonna kick. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Me, it. I will visually explain things so you can fully understand them. That's what I do best <laughs> yeah, on this he's doing Like a Karate Kid stance. Yeah. Um, he's seventy nine. He was a he was a POW in Japan, oh, wow. um, and he didn't take up ballet until he was seventy nine. What? But. He's over 90 now, you guys, and he uh, has been dancing professionally um, in Cambridgeshire.
0: That's amazing. Isn't
1: that cool?
0: To pick up something so complex and difficult.
1: At 79? Yeah. I like this little tidbit, too, because last week I was talking about how adults tend to not learn new skills as we get older because we feel so frustrated Mm -hmm. by trying to learn something new because we're not used to failing
2: yeah
1: um so i feel like this is a good devil's advocate tidbit to that because we were talking about just like try new things learn new things and this is proof that you definitely can also
0: don't shy away from failing yeah is a good thing you know it's so good i don't know where that quote came from but like there's there's a quote that i love it's um uh success is like going from failure to failure and remaining enthusiastic
1: Ooh, yeah
0: i think that's brilliant yeah you know
1: my one of my really good friends who's a teacher talks about like she really teaches her kids she teaches fourth grade and she teaches them like uh, celebrate your failures Because it means that you're learning Exactly Like she teaches them that failure is not a bad thing It means mm-hmm. you're trying something And you're learning
0: Yeah absolutely. I think it's so dope That's the only way I feel like I can learn like, Yeah fucking up And then you're like Oh
1: that's not how you do it Yeah And then you can slowly learn how to do stuff
0: Anything I'm good at Is really just me fucking it up less Yeah You know <laughs>
1: Yeah I would say that's true for everything. And that's why when you're a kid, you learn so much and you fail all the time and you're used to that feeling. Mm -hmm. But when you're an adult, you're not as much because you're just, you know how to drive, you know how to tie your shoes, you know how to cook, you know how to like do these things. Mm -hmm. And it's rare that on a daily basis, you're presented with something that you completely don't know how to do. And when you are, you you feel so frustrated Mm because you're just used to small successes throughout the day.
0: Yeah. You know? Routine. Routine. Routine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're not used to having to learn something completely new for the first time like you are when you're a kid. Uh, This woman, uh, she looks so cool. She's like dressed in this crazy colorful outfit and her house is crazy colorful. Um, She was born in New York. She's a London-based artist um, and she's just on... She makes art and she wears colorful outfits.
0: She has a very similar style to you, I feel like. Oh,
1: thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Very bright colors, lots of like uh, interesting patterns.
1: Yes. Thank you. Because I love her. (laughs) We both have crazy uh, colorful block glasses. That's great. Um, Yeah. So she used to be a cookbook writer and now she is a successful like artist in London. I mean, it's
0: you know, I feel like that's uh, not too big of a transition. Yeah. I guess she's definitely like still like using creativity.
1: Totally. Yeah, I like that she wasn't like, "Well, I wrote all the cookbooks, so I'm going to retire."
0: Mm-hmm. I'm going. I'm going to give my points to the ballet dancer.
1: So far, the, the, yeah. The,
0: the what was he like? He was like a soldier, right?
1: Yeah, a prisoner of war in yeah. Japan, and now he's in his nineties and does ballet professionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say if we're going to rank, he's so lighter. far he's number one. Yeah, <laughs> this woman is the oldest professional model, oh, wow. uh, which is cool. She's 89 years old. Oh, wow. Daphne Self, or Selfie, which I think would be funny. Um, she's been a model since 1949. She grew up in World War Two. Um I think that's cool just because especially when when you're a woman like you're considered kind of too old to be a model once you're 24.
0: 24.
1: It's really young. Yeah. Because my I have a friend who I was who is this gorgeous actress in New York who's like 5'10 and a size 2. She's like a model and she mm. does do modeling but She was like i'm not doing it professionally it's too crazy of a world and also she was like when she was like 25 she was like also i'm too old now oh my god like i can't book stuff because i'm too old that's crazy Crazy, right yeah most models are like 2019
0: i love this lady's quote it reminds me of my mom she says less of the old please i'm still a teenager inside yeah my mom like once i i was the youngest of all her children. And once I like graduated high school and went off to college, she became like an actual teenager. She started wearing like like the hair like extension like the colorful hair yeah. extension. So she'd have like a red streak or oh like my a gosh. blue streak in her hair and she would like hang out with her friends and she'd call them her bitches and like, she's go <laughs> Go party with the bitches. Yeah, she's just like they're just gonna go to like La Madeleine and, and have lunch. <laughs> but like I don't know, she just became like a kid again. That's get, great. Like overly excited about things. At the time, it was like kind of embarrassing because like she was just like over the top and very yeah. extra. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Now I think it's cool because she's like sixty four now. I. Think. That's great. And, yeah, she acts like a child. That's fun in a positive way.
1: Yeah, in a good way. Mm -hmm. Uh, You never have to stop. Um, The man who started school at 84. This goes up there, I think, with maybe ballet dancer. Mm -hmm. Uh, He started school when he was 84 years old. Um, He took advantage of the Kenyan government to introduce free primary schooling. Um, And uh, so cool. And then he came to New York and did an address to the UN about the importance of free education.
0: Oh, absolutely!
1: Uh, I wonder, wow.
0: I wonder what he was learning. Like he probably never had an education growing up. Yeah. Hmm. That's sad. Uh,
1: um. Yeah. Never knew that is that's so. I mean, that's something that I feel like I we take advantage of here in America a ton. Just like free education, and mm. when you're a kid, you hate it. And it's so funny. And then there's kids on the other side of the world who are like dying to be able to learn and to be able to read and learn stuff. And
0: Like, we take it for granted. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We're like, oh, I don't want to do math.
0: But then, (laughs) you know, then we capitalize on it once you get to college level.
1: Yes, then it turns into a bad, like, a crazy situation. Yeah,
0: then that's when we get in the (laughs) debt.
1: That's when they're like, school's no longer free. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I feel like the... This kind of shows, like, the life expectancy of, like, being a human is definitely getting older. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I like this article just because it's like, hey, enjoy life when you're older. Try new things. Do new stuff. Mm-hmm. Age is silly. I think about that, too, sometimes. Like, you're just in... You see older people, and you I feel like you see them in a certain way, mm-hmm. and they're really... They're just exactly the same person, but they're in it just a different shell yeah than a younger person it
0: also shows like whatever your goal is for whatever it is that you're doing like it's not really about that it's about the journey to the goal yeah you know Mm
1: -hmm.
0: like with improv like i don't really have a goal right just doing doing it and getting better at it Mm -hmm. you know and that's that's like with anything that i've done you know like Like, when I was little, I thought I was going to be a professional wrestler. Yeah. You know? Like, I I became a pro wrestler at 16, and then I stopped doing it at 19. Um, But, like, you know, your goals change, and then you keep learning things. Like, I started doing improv, like, a little bit later. I I think I was 20, 28, I think, when I took my first improv class at UCB. Like, I'll probably venture into something, you -hmm. know, new, like, every decade, you know? Yeah like i i I love just learning new things i don't really care where it takes me but yeah i think we get caught up with like the goal
1: yeah too much i think so too and people asking what do you do like (laughs) as opposed to like who are you what do you what makes you happy
0: yeah what do you like
1: Mm mm-hmm Okay, now we're doing hometown news. This I did find one. So where it's called.
0: uh, I grew up in Croxley Green. In Croxley England. Green. I, I was born there in England, and then I, I I lived there until I was nine, and then I moved to Texas. Yeah, but yeah. I, I like to think of Croxley Green as my hometown.
1: It seems very small, right? It's
0: very small. Yeah. yeah, it's like north uh Northwest of London, about an hour out of the city okay yeah it's a very small town um like you can walk everywhere that's great, yeah,
1: I love that uh, so I did find one little thing about this kid who speaking of just like the journey his um his f- friend recently passed away he's twenty one years old, and um his Friend passed away at 22 from uh, Crohn's disease, mm. and so he has decided he has like this little. He has this little motorcycle. I think it's like a little skinny, one of those like skinny little Honda motorbikes. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's gonna travel basically the entire uh, world. He's gonna go over the whole world. And I think a couple years is his plan, just going from place to place.
0: On that motorcycle? On the motorcycle.
1: Um, He wants to do the Trans American Trail. He wants to ride across Russia. And while he's doing it, he's going to be raising money um, uh, and put all the money back towards research for Crohn's disease.
0: Oh, wow. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah, I think it's cool.
0: It just goes back to like the whole, like, the you know tragedies can be a good thing mm-hmm. you know you gotta appreciate them like yeah like you, as long as you're able to like take that energy and convert it into something positive like there's no reason to not celebrate something bad happening you know?
1: yeah i think it op i feel like tragedies open doors in a different way it makes a pretty big fork in the road i guess mm-hmm. and you i feel like uh, makes you appreciate things that you maybe did. it's not that you didn't appreciate them before but I think it makes it pretty clear what life is all about yeah. when it does happen
0: yeah exactly Um, that kid's what 21 mm-hmm. yeah that's a good age to do that
1: <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> yeah. yeah and yeah I thought that was a good and so like the I found just a news article from Croxley Croc Cro- yeah, Croxy. Croxley Green. Yeah, they were like our hometown boy. is going around the whole world. <laughs>
0: yeah, not much has happened there. This <laughs> is really cute. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, they kind of. You know what? That's probably a good segue to my yeah. story. Yes, let's. Um,
1: Let's do it.
0: It's the same. It's the same thing where, like, uh, you know, like it. It's basically like my dad's death. That's what kind of um, changed a lot for me. Like growing up, you know, my dad was like a very, um, very like brilliantly smart British man. He was just super intelligent. Like, I remember asking him, like, what's your goal in life? And his goal was, he told me, I want to know everything. (laughs) And I told him, like, you can't do that. Yeah. It's going to drive you crazy. And he said, but I can try. Oh. So I've always admired him for his intelligence. But I feel like when you have that much intelligence or, like, you're consuming so much knowledge, um, you need an outlet. Mm -hmm. And he never had an outlet.
1: And so, mm. like,
0: I felt like that's what led to, like, his depression. And so, he uh. was an alcoholic growing up. Um, and, like, we all knew we drank a lot, but we never actually, like, labeled him an alcoholic. Like, yeah. I would go in the garage. Like, I would tinker a lot when I was little. And so, like, I would, you know, open up my PlayStation. So, I would go in the garage and get, like, a tool. And I would open, you know, one of the cabinets and there'd be, like, an empty bottle of vodka, you mm. know. And I was just mm-hmm. like, That's no, it's just dad. Um, But then, like, as I got older, when I went to college, like, he lost his job and mm. he started, like, spiraling, you know, into, like, his depression more and more. And, like, uh, he would send out, like, emails to the family about, like, the Ron Paul campaign or, like, the the Palestinian-Israeli conflict or, like, you know, all the conspiracy theories mm-hmm. of, like, the government and stuff none of us knew how to react to it because it was all just like terrible news. Yeah. And he was addicted to bad news. Mm. Um And then, uh, you know, my mom tried to get him help and we actually brought him back to, she brought him back to England because he started getting like, he became like suicidal. Oh no. Yeah. Um So like, yeah, my mom took him back to England and, Try to get him help because of the free health care there, but he wouldn't do it. So he came back from England early before my mom, and um, I think like one night there was like a there was a storm and the power went out, and so he was like shit faced drunk, and from what I understand, he like fell and hit his head.
1: (sighs) Oh because my there god. was like
0: uh there was like a um like a vase that was like smashed. So I think the pal went out. He just like kind of Got lost his way. Yeah. yeah. Fell hit his head and I remember like there was a blood trail that went Oh up
1: my god.
0: To the second floor and he was like looking for where the flashlight usually is. Yeah. And then he came back down and then there was like a pool of like blood <sighs> in the bed. Oof. And he fell asleep from yeah. what I gather. And then I guess he woke up, fixed himself another <gasps> drink, and then he went in the backyard. And then that's why he just kinda went brain dead. Whoa. And my neighbor found him back there. Oh and my he gosh. was like sitting, you know, in his chair with just like an open button up shirt. And yeah. that was it, you know? Whoa. And um You know, my mom was concerned, and that's why my neighbor went and and looked for him. Um, So he got rushed to the hospital. And so I came back from New York to Texas, where he was. And then my mom and my sister in in, um, England, they came back. And um, that was, like, that was the hardest news. Because I I remember I I, like woke up and my sister who lives in texas she said like uh uh something wrong with dad like he's not doing well and i had become so desensitized to like my dad's problems that i was like oh great yeah what what has he done this time because Mm -hmm. at the time i was upset that he didn't get any help Help. for his alcoholism and so I, i wasn't on speaking terms with him and then she was like it's serious yeah I was like I gotta go so I just grabbed all my stuff and started running out from the office and one of my coworkers came up he's like hey is everything okay and I remember I just broke down I said my dad's dying
1: oh my gosh how old were you
0: I think I was maybe 25 or mm. something um, it was in 2013 and so once my whole family got there like the the, uh, the doctor was like he lost all higher level of thinking, mm. and he's not gonna be able to like take care of himself.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, So she gave us the option of like yeah. pulling the plug, and I remember I remember my family just we all went silent. Yeah. And my mom wasn't saying anything, and I just remembered my dad in the past saying, "Well, I think we were watching a documentary or saw a newscast about someone in a coma." he was in a vegetative state and he said if i'm ever like that just let me go
1: yeah well
0: and so i thought about that and i spoke up and i was the one that said like he wouldn't want to live like this you know i think we should take him off life support yeah and then uh once we made the decision like we went back in the room with him and i kind of you know like I. It kind of like opened my eyes. Like, this was the first, like, real death that I had experienced. Yeah. Like, head on. And I, we all just gathered around him, and I just said a few words, and um, I just, like, thanked him, you know? Mm hmm. I said, like, thank you for giving me the greatest gift you could give me. Yeah. And that's the appreciation of life, mm-hmm. you know? Like, you've lived an incredible life and you have so much to be proud of. And I just hope that I can go on and continue to make you proud, you know, after you pass away, but this is the best gift you could have ever given me, Mm. which is, you know, life is so much more important and we take it for granted. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've, it's always stuck with me, you know? Um, So, like, it took, like, another, I think, like, another seven hours or something for him to, like, finally pass away after we took him off life support. And that was hard to watch them take, like, the the tube out of his throat. Like, it was awful to watch. And, like, right before he passed away, I think I was telling a joke. I said, like, (laughs) because we got transferred to the hospice and... He he would always, like, cook for us every once in a while. Like, every blue moon, he would cook for us. And then whenever he did, he would serve it to us, and then he would just stand there and watch you eat it. (laughs) And so you take a bite and go, oh, yeah, it's it's good. good. Give him what he wants. (laughs) Say, give him the compliment. And then he'd go, great, great, great. And then he would stand there and watch you eat the whole thing. (laughs) It was the most uncomfortable thing. (laughs) And, like, everyone was laughing, and then we noticed, like, he took his last breath and he stopped breathing, and that's, like, when he decided to, like, pass away, Mm. in my mind. Yeah. And I remember, like, just, I could see, like, the life leave him. And I'm not, like, a religious person or anything, Mm -hmm. but, like, I saw, like, his soul or something disappear. Wow.
1: Yeah. But, like,
0: besides, like, the physical appearance, you can just tell, like... This went from a living being to an inanimate object, a yeah. shell of a human. And, you know, after he passed away, like, I would, like, look at people and I could, like, see him in their
1: eyes. Mm.
0: And it was the weirdest thing to me. Yeah. And, like, it really changed my perspective on life because, like, I used to be, like, very, like, a bit cocky, you know, self grandiose, you mm-hmm. know, um, grandiose about myself. And... You know like i would make jokes at other people's expense because right. i think it's funny <laughs> and so like when he passed away and like i i i had to like continue living with this day-to-day depression and mourning yeah i kind of realized like everyone else probably lives with that too mm-hmm. everyone else has had something terrible and tragic in their life and happen yeah i should be like a little bit more sympathetic towards other people, Mm. you know, not just like out of, out of formality and to be polite, but because everyone is going through this life and we don't know what the point or or the purpose of this life is. And we just keep getting beat up, you know, every day and it's hard. Life is difficult. And so like, we should just be nice to each other. And that was like the first time I really understood that we should all be there for each other as if we were family because we are at the end of the day. Yeah. We're all the same. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that's kind of like the worst news and the best news I ever got in my life. Yeah. I lost my dad, but I gained perspective on what's important. Yeah. And it's just be good to each other.
1: Yes. Uh, I Yeah. That story is pretty, I haven't like, pretty no words for that that's like uh that's hard that's like yeah I'm speechless about that story (laughs) but it's such a good story like I'm speechless because and I just the these kind of good news stories like are kind of my favorite because that's the real point I think is that life is always in a balance and yeah be we got to be good to each other people are going through shit life is hard everyone is dealing with something that they're not even going to talk about when you see them like you Mm. won't know and be kind to each other Mm -hmm. and help each other out lift each other up
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it's just um i really feel like we're all like connected to the same brain Mm -hmm. like if you were to zoom out on like the human population we're just like one large, like symbiotic mass, yeah, you know, and um, we're all building towards something that we don't understand on an individual level, yeah, you know. Um, so like all we are is just like we just exist in the mm-hmm. same plane, so just take care of each other, you yeah know? like this. We don't know why we're here, none of us asked to be here, but let's just try to make it as easy as possible yeah. for each other along the way, yeah. No matter what success and no matter how many tragedies you go through, like.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting to think about the best successes you've had in life and the worst tragedies and, like, you can't measure them up against each other, really. Mm -hmm. I feel like, I mean, yeah, you can say, like, this day was better or, like, the day I won all these awards, that was good and the Mm -hmm. day I lost this person was bad. But in terms of, like, affecting you deeply in life experience, Mm -hmm there you can't measure them against each other Mm. it's all i mean i hate the yin yang symbol but it's it's super real yeah like the it's all in balance and it's um i like to think i go back and forth because i do like to think that there is a reason for things like when you look behind you Yeah, and you're like this happened and if it hadn't happened I wouldn't have met this person I wouldn't have gone here and I wouldn't have done this even though when that thing happened it seemed like the worst thing in my life so I do love looking back on things like that and believing there is some maybe it's not thought of ahead of time but there is some path and we all find our way and it's all in balance Mm -hmm. and it's supposed to be
0: it's like a Steve Jobs quote, like you can only connect the dots looking backwards.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. Hindsight's 2020. Mhm. Um, I love that's a hard story, but such a good yeah, perspective. It gives you perspective. <laughs> Loss gives you perspective. Yeah. The like most insightful kind. Well, <laughs> a, you like, know,
0: a, a, like a year ago, like I lost my brother. Um, oh my and gosh, PJ. When,
1: so hard. I know.
0: But it's life, isn't it? Um, but like, I never really knew him. Um, but then I remember like my, my mom told me like, your brother Jonathan in Philippines, like he passed away. Mm. And he was like my half brother on my mom's side. But I didn't know him. I only met him one time when I was six. And I didn't know he was my brother when yeah. I went to the Philippines. Um, and like the same thing happened where like I was working this full-time job as an assistant editor. And I remember I like asked like, Hey, can I, can I leave? Like my brother just died (laughs) and I came in and I shouldn't be here. Yeah. And, uh, my manager was like, okay, well let's wait for the other assistant editor to come in for his shift. And then we'll return to your request.
1: Oh my God.
0: And then like, i just put in my two weeks. Yeah, I would have left immediately. And like, I was doing improv like I just I was I had been doing improv for maybe like a few months at that time and I was getting so much pleasure and joy out of that and I hated my job so much that I just quit and I just uh I just did like improv full-time I started like doing classes at uh boot camp Mm -hmm. you know every day and taking all the UCB courses and like started like performing you know because like that brought me joy and, like, I just, like, lift off my credit cards for a year mm-hmm. because I'm, like, I just don't care, like, yeah. what the consequences are. Yeah. As long as I'm doing something that brings me joy, it'll either pay, you know, pay it itself off mm-hmm. or, like, opportunities will come from it. Or, you know, I, like, crash and burn doing something I love. Yeah. And I'd, I'd rather do that. You yeah know?
1: you die on Everest or you make it down, <laughs> yeah exactly, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I share that same like I've was talking about this last week too. I've definitely made so many irresponsible decisions with money, but it's been saying yes to things that I'm like, this is life, I don't wanna say no to this, right. I gotta do this thing, yeah, in this. I'm not saying do this at all, listeners. It's great if you are on top of your money and you're good at budgeting, (laughs) but like, I don't want something as stupid as money to be the reason that I don't live life. Yeah, it's so silly.
0: Fiscal responsibility isn't living. Yeah, it's not. You should be. You should be saying yes. Like when you're on your deathbed and you look back, you don't want to be like, did I? Should I spend twenty dollars on on lunch that one time? Yeah. No, No, you're never gonna think that. Yeah. You can be like, I'm glad I did that.
1: Yeah. I mean, don't go buy a bunch of beanie babies or something dumb, <laughs> but like live your life, people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and if Beanie Babies is living That's life, true. then do it. Enjoy That's true. it. You know? If that you... that was another thing that like, you know, like um my dad's death like kind of gave perspective on. It's like, it's okay for people to like things that you're not into, you know? Yeah. Like I just like it it it, it went beyond just like being nice to people, but it's like being understanding. Like mm-hmm. everyone's got their own thing that they love. You know, if like people like buying jeans that are already torn, don't make fun of it. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah, it's silly to me buying, yeah. you know, ruined jeans. Yeah. But if it makes them happy, then do it. Yeah. You know? Then
1: let them, yeah, let them live. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's the worst uh, example.
1: Ever. I think it's a great example because I feel like that really pulls at heartstrings on like the jeans thing. I feel similarly. I'm like, don't buy those jeans, but yeah, same.
0: To be fair, I do have a pair of jeans that were ripped up from Uniqlo, but that's all that they had. <laughs> and I needed jeans.
1: Okay, well, you're excused. See you, I would be mad at because I know it doesn't make you happy. So I'd be like, why are you buying these ripped jeans? But if you love it. Um yeah, empathy is the biggest thing in the world. <laughs> it's the greatest. Everybody's doing things for a reason. I always try and remember that when I get frustrated, like be try and be patient, try and be kind and recognize that this crazy thing that someone's doing, they're doing it for a reason. Mm-hmm. They're not doing it to be malicious, or even if they are, that's happening for some other reason that I don't even know about. So maybe yeah. try and understand that for what, a second.
0: What circumstances did they have? Did they have to live through to make that decision? Yeah, you know?
1: exactly. Yeah,
0: you just gotta um, be more open-minded.
1: Yeah, and be kind, and don't and don't take life for granted. I feel like that's been the last three episodes that's been the main message is like live life live in the moment and don't take it for granted
2: mm-hmm.
1: and i love that <laughs> uh your story is amazing amazing pj thank you so much for being here today and for yeah. sharing that not an easy story to share and i really appreciate you sitting on my couch and talking oh, to me about thank it you.
0: i really appreciate you having me over you're such a good friend <laughs>
1: I'm so glad I know you oh, yeah. I also realize like every time uh, that we've been in the same space we tend to have like poor like the first thing I said to you when you walked in today was like I just tell you stuff yeah you just like get straight to the meat of conversations and I love I love that
0: i I, I don't I can't do small talk
1: yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> it like any like little uh little conversation starter you have yeah. with me i I will spin it into like the the most tragic conversation <laughs> possible, but it's just more interesting. But it's real. Yeah.
1: Uh, okay, everybody, go have real conversations. Go climb Everest or learn ballet when you're ninety. <laughs> keep, failing. <laughs> yeah,
0: keep failing.
1: Yeah, keep failing. And good news later. Bye-bye. Bye bye.